We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Are you thirsty? Parched? Do you like dark and eerie sinister names for your beverages? Then you'll love Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com. Use the promo code BIGBLUE. Blue wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always my co-host Nick Filato. Today we're here to break down the New York Giants football defense on the All-22 Coaches film against the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders, in Week 13. I'll say this to start, Nick. I thought during the broadcast angle that the pass rush came alive, and I was not mistaken. I mean, on the tape, you'll see it soon. The Giants' pass rush is starting to come alive. Now, I hope the Leonard Williams injury doesn't linger because he missed practice today. Um, He might. It looks like he might miss this game coming up against the Eagles. Hopefully, it's like a one-week thing. I don't know. but Because they need all the horses there. But, man, Aziz Ojolari as a pass rusher was such an extra addition for this team. And... (laughs) I was really excited to watch it because that's what we will be. If we move forward down the stretch, make the playoffs, and then try to make a run to win a game or two in the playoffs, it will be because of this defensive line in my mind. So that was what I took away before diving into the film. Anything specific you wanted to touch on before we dive into it? I think that's the primary thing to really take away. Other than that, it was a lot of base personnel from the Giants. You have five guys on the line of scrimmage, three, four with those two edge rushers included as linebackers. I think they ran base 34.1% of the time. They also ran quarter 25.6% of the time with the addition of getting Tony Jefferson off of the IR who played a solid complement of snaps. That was the second most quarter that they ran this season. The first most was against Jacksonville. Yeah, and that makes sense, too, because obviously you're facing a team that has probably better wide receiver talent, I would say, than I've seen from most of the teams that have faced the Giants this year. John Dotson's going to be a really good player for them for a long time, I think. McLaurin, we've already talked about, one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL, likely top 10, maybe top five vibes. Like, if you look, if you, maybe not top five, but I don't know, man. He's freaking good. I'm not as huge on Samuel, but Samuel's pretty good as a three. He's pretty damn good. Samuel's fine, yeah. 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 And they use him in so many ways. They, they use, use him, him interesting. back. And even the run of- he had where he, they got called for a hold, that was a nifty-ass run. I was like, damn, that was Curtis Samuel. You know the one I'm talking about? I think it was a hold or a block in the back that Logan Thomas Logan got Thomas, called. yeah. Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude, you look like a running back on that. So, yeah, he is used in interesting ways. And he's kind of like maybe what the Giants envisioned for Wando Robinson when they drafted him. Um, and hopefully he'll come back next year. Bunch of Big Ten wide receivers there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there are a lot of Big Ten wide <laughs> receivers, and that's that's how it be. The Big Ten standing strong. Wisconsin actually just got North Carolina's offensive coordinator for Luke Fickle's new staff. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Longo, you're a but fan though, right? Longo, yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, I haven't really studied his offenses. I know that it's a lot of vertical type of concepts, taking shots and things of that nature. And when he had Sam Howell, he really utilized his legs. But I don't know if Wisconsin's going to get somebody like that. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about quarterback because I watched Drake May a lot this year, and that's the Phil Longo offense in North Carolina. And that was a fun offense to watch. So I think it's a good hire, but I, we don't have a quarterback as Graham Merch has transferred or he entered the transfer pool and he sucked anyway. He was a total bust. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. We need quarterback, wide receiver talent a lot, but I was excited to see that. Um, One other takeaway from from the tape was yeah. just how much Washington ran counter and how much eye candy they yeah. used to try and take advantage of the second level. I mean, the, the cat's out of the bag in terms of opposing offensive quarters. Everybody is running counter and power against the Giants. And they're just trying to get those linebackers out of position. And that puts so much pressure on Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, Jahad Ward, O'Shane Zimenez. Because when you just block down on the tight front, typically Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are just going to get sealed. And you need those linebackers to be in position. And gets, guess what, too, man? It puts a ton of pressure on Julian Love, who, with another note before we get into the film, that yeah. dude is such a a good tackling safety. I think he's just so underrated and I'm so glad he's on the New York giants. And hopefully he'll be here for some time. They want, they, they said coming in, at least Joe Shane said at some point, might not have been coming in maybe during the bye week presser. He said like, I want to be, you know, I want to resign some of our own. I, we, we were lucky enough to inherit some pieces from the last regime. And that was one of them, I think. And we'll see, we'll see what happens in the off season. Cause yeah. it has to be a, a team reasonable deal. You don't, but either way, I'll be happy about it because it's not like the Logan Ryan thing repeated when they re-signed Ryan, he was already 30. That was the mistake there. Um, and you, they're, uh, again, bidding against themselves. Like, nobody wanted him. We gave him, like, a one-year 10-mil deal and then re-signed him. But Love is younger. He's a leader. Um, but not just the leadership. He's actually a great player on the field, too. And hopefully, because he's younger, he's not trending in the wrong direction. I think he's trending in the right direction. So we'll get into a lot that stuff in the offseason. But for now, let's dive into the tape. We start here with a 10-play, 45-yard drive by the commanders and it ends in what you've seen a lot from the giants during wins this season, at least a goal line stand, a bend don't break in the red zone. They start this thing off with what Nick kind of just alluded to a lot of what we're about to see jet motion. Um, you have a lead lead back. Uh, I, what do you have here? Curtis Samuel operating kind of in motion as like a lead blocker, which was weird and interesting. Yeah, He's the, he's the wing back and jet motion comes from the other side, right at the snap, just for eye candy. I feel like the giants linebackers and second level defenders do a good job. You have the man covering defender following Jahan Dotson, but Curtis Samuel is the wing back. Who's going to go right into the hole for Brian Robinson and lead block on Tony Jefferson. Jalen Smith kind of read it solidly but gets contacted by 76 and then Kayvon Thibodeau does a very good job shedding the block of Logan Thomas and just leaping at the hip of Brian Robinson to mitigate this to only a five-yard gain and I felt like every time Brian Robinson touched the football Dan and I know this isn't true but it just seemed like it he got at least five yards like this <laughs> guy falls forward all of the time He's got pretty good vision, too. I know you liked his tape a little bit more than I did out of Alabama. I probably should have given it a second look because I think I like what I saw in this film, at least. He's just not time. flashy. You know, he's not sexy. Yeah. Brian Robinson. No, he's not. But he's not he's not a sexy running back, but he just gets the job done and knows where to be and how to just basically run the football. A little nuance is a playing running back. 
Yeah, and they had more success as a running team than the Giants did, despite us having Saquon Barkley. So just something to note as we move forward. The second and five play here, this is a play I'm hoping, as I watched it, Mike Kafka's looking at on film and is trying to steal this play because you have like a little, you have like a cover one look with a single high safety at the beginning. Then you just have that mesh over the middle that creates the kind of space or that kind of creates the pick route for just simple route, Robinson against the linebacker and you know, if you can confirm man coverage pre-snap and you run this play, if you're the Giants, if you steal this, it's really hard to stop because that natural pick is not going to get called. He doesn't contact the receiver. It looks like he's running a route there on the drag, and that really frees up some space. And then it's Saquon Barkley against the linebackers. So I hope the Giants can steal this one. I hope so, too. The Washington football team or commanders came out in a three by one set tight end of the one side is just very tight. And they just take the number two receiver to the three receiver side. Curtis Samuel, run him directly at Jalen Smith. And you could see if you're watching on YouTube, Curtis Samuel just does a little stutter step just to cause hesitation on Jalen Smith. No contact is made. And what does that do? It just gives a little bit of extra leverage for Brian Robinson, who's releasing out of the backfield to find the hole and then outrun Jalen Smith to the sideline. This ends up going for a 10 yard catch and run. And Jalen Smith ends up getting back into phase, but there's nothing illegal about this play. And it's just a, a solid way to give your running back a little bit more separation against a linebacker. If we check it out on the end zone angle too, Dan, let's see how much leverage. See, they're basically aligned directly over the top of each other, Jalen Smith and Brian Robinson. And Brian Robinson, I felt like just does a really good job finding that hole, True. sees that Leonard Williams releases himself to the outside of the guard. So he tries going to the outsides and Dexter Lawrence just takes the center on. So what happens? The A gap becomes wide open. Just take advantage of man coverage. Yep. Sets up a first and 10 where you'll see, Washington get a nine-yard gain on a quick curl, just kind of taking advantage of some pre-snap leverage. Easy money, nine-yard gain. Yeah, just throw into the leverage if you're going to play off. And I don't even know what happens to Jahan Dotson there. He seems like he slips out of his break. Throw into the off coverage, which isn't even really too off pre-snap, but you can see it's like press bail. Cloud, he goes and bails. Taylor Heineke reads it. Just get the football to your talented playmaker. Sets up a second and one. It's a two-yard run here for the first down. Good physical feel for McFadden, but I mean... This is what he does well, I think. Move downhill. It's still a first down. Uh, I think that the, everyone knew this play was coming, but that's still solid Phil. Yeah, solid Phil. He puts himself into position at least. You can see how the guard chips Dexter Lawrence, climbs, locates McFadden. McFadden gets low, gets his hands on the guard, and then just positions himself in the way of Antonio Gibson. But this is a short run where you're just trying to pick up the first down, and that's Antonio Gibson's primary objective, and he does so. But you can see how the Giants' defenders just kind of collapse right down on Antonio Gibson, included with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, who, man, Giants are going to really miss Leonard Williams if he does miss this game against Philadelphia in that rushing attack. Without a doubt, especially against one of the best offensive lines, if not the best they're going to face all season. Sets up a first and 10 here. They're going to run PA counter here with some deep crossers. You're going to see... A really easy opportunity here for Tyler Taylor Heineke, but just an absolute missed throw from him on a deep crosser wide open here. I mean, this is a touchdown. If he just puts this ball on the receiver, it's a blown coverage for the Giants. Luckily for the Giants, this is a really bad throw. Yeah, man. This is something that Taylor Heineke does quite often. He's not good over the middle of the field making these throws. He frequently overthrows. I mean, he's like six foot one. He's a smaller cornerback. Right. So it's something that smaller quarterbacks have to tend to, you know, overcome. But you can see how there's, I don't know if it's a, some sort of miscommunication here between the Giants secondary because everybody's condensed for Washington. Everybody is tight. You have the motion right before the snap, the fake counter. 
linebackers react and it looks as if the cornerback who's over the top of Logan Thomas, Nick McLeod wants to pass Logan Thomas off to Fabian Moreau, but Fabian Moreau is a little bit late because he's following Cam Sims up until Jason Pinnock. And it just seems like the defensive secondary wasn't all on the same page. Nick McLeod does a really good job realizing that Fabian Moreau is not passing it off. But by that point, Logan Thomas is wide open. This should have been the easiest touchdown ever, but an overthrow, man. And it took four points off the board for Washington, which ended up being a big deal. And you'll see the linebackers really aggressive and biting on play action. Then here, they're really aggressive and biting on the direct misdirection pre-snap with an HB misdirection. And you'll see the linebackers take themselves out of the play for a second straight play. It makes the Giants pay big time here because all that's left is an end man on the line of scrimmage. who's not going to be able to recover and make that play. 16-yard gain, very poor defensive play by the Giants linebackers. Just a great play call by Scott Turner, too, because everybody's reading their keys, right? These defenders are reading their run keys. The run key is his guard who goes to pull. You also have 85 acting as if he's going to pull. You have everybody blocking down to the to the backside of the play. So everybody reacts to what they're seeing. And then O'Shane Zimenez is like, oh, crap, this is a halfback misdirection. And then Brian Robinson just takes it for a huge gain to put the Washington football or Washington commanders in a position to score a touchdown. Yep. And so then Giants defense settles down. You start here with just a single back jet motion. They try the, it, it, It's kind of Kafka-esque. He tries kind of a similar play here with misdirection here. Uh, this time the Giants are ready for it. And it's a two-yard gain to set up a second and goal from the four. They really sell the Curtis Samuel wingback jet motion right there. You can see how he tries to hand the football off, like acts as if he's handing the football. Curtis Samuel really ducks into it. And then it's that same halfback pitch misdirection to Brian Robinson. Kayvon Thibodeau does a good job. He's going up against Terry McLaurin, but you can see how Kayvon Thibodeau gets wide, gets wide, forces the cutback inside, comes off, makes the tackle. Jalen Smith is also there to assist him. So good play by Kayvon Thibodeau against a much smaller blocker. And that's what you want. You want him to force, you know, to contain and force the run back inside. That's what we've seen at times. Giants defenders struggle with this year, leading to some big runs. Not that time sets up a second and goal from the four 11 personnel. This time you're going to see them try to hit a little pass to the flat. And at first from that sideline angle, it looked like there was a ton of space. I think that the timing of this play was a little messy from the commanders that kind of led to, uh, you know, and not going for a touchdown. But at the same time, there are Giants defenders by the goal line. So it's pre- it's a pretty well-defended play. Yeah, the Giants play top-down very well here because you have the two receivers to that play side, the field side. You take the number two receiver, the innermost, Terry McLaurin. You run him on a deep flag round. That's going to force Fabian Moreau to sink to a depth and occupy Julian Love. Now you have one defender with with uh, Curtis Samuel motioning right before the snap towards Taylor Heineke and then just flaring right back out to his the side that he started on. Now you only have one defender out there really paying attention to him with Antonio Gibson leaking into the backfield. Right when Taylor Heineke throws his football, I think, oh man, this could be a touchdown. But for whatever reason, it is played very well by Zion Gilbert and Fabian Rowe to come down and just kind of stop Curtis Samuel in his tracks. And then the rest of the Giants defense just rally and make this tackle. That's one thing I do appreciate about this defense. Yeah, they might not be the most talented. They're really injured. I get it. But these guys fly around the entire game like they're hair is on fire. That shouldn't be something that we mention all that often, but as we've seen in previous years, that's not consistent all the time. Yeah, exactly. You're right. And also on that play, I thought it was interesting just because it made me think of Zion Gilbert making the play. It's like, we've already heard this week, at least according to Dan Duggan, that the Giants plan to put Darnay Holmes back into the lineup. So that looks like it'll be a one week thing for Zion Gilbert. Yeah. Well, I mean, Darnay Holmes was hurt. That's why he didn't play. Right. I know that. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, so Zion Gilbert was going to be a one-week thing. They talked about how it was more matchup-based, which makes sense. I mean, look at the 11-personnel package of Washington. We brought it up before, right? Zion Gilbert makes more sense to match with these smaller type of receivers than maybe Rodarius Williams, who would do better against a Michael Gallup, and a receiver yeah, like that, a more that physical receiver. So maybe this week we might see if they want to activate or give one of these young guys playing time if they're forced to, Rodarius Williams oh, to match up against the A.J. Browns, which is just very scary. The Slim Reaper, who is you know six foot one, but he's skinny, or maybe Gilbert would do a better job against a guy like that. But either way, I'm not really looking forward to this Philadelphia matchup. No, we'll see what happens there, but... Third and goal, Giants do a great job here of getting off the field here. This is what you've seen a lot from the defense. It starts with the pressure up front, forces Heineke to roll to his left, and there's just nothing open. There's one thing open on this play, and I think Heineke just missed it. I think Heineke has Dotson. The Dotson right route, yeah, but I feel like there's a guy sitting at the goal. I don't know. It's a tough throw. Oh, it's a very tough throw, but in this area of the field, this is open. Right. Yeah, that is definitely open at this area of the field. It's just he's not making that throw. It is open. I just don't know if this dude's making that throw. And I like this too, man. You have that stack pistol formation. Curtis Samuel is going in motion right before the snap. You go into the mesh point play action. Terry McLaurin runs around Zion Gilbert and then occupies Julian Love. And what does that do? That clears out the back of the end zone for Jahan Dotson, who is kind of just sitting right near the goal line. Like he's open as hell there. Heineke is turned and, and he just doesn't throw the football. It's a difficult throw and it has to be very bang bang. So if you look at Fabian Moreau, he's realizing what's going on, even though he's playing to the outside. So this needs to be a dart, not an easy throw, but he was open. Taylor Heineke decides to run it, try to extemporize and the Giants do a really good job rallying towards him and also just covering up Jahan Dotson. Exactly. And that settles that, that has them settle for a field goal. Washington goes up three, nothing end of the first drive. The next drive is a eight-play, 62-yard touchdown drive by the Washington football team. You'll start to see them get a little bit more going on this drive, um, and ultimately it ends in a, in a missed tackle that the Giants should have made that maybe could have helped them kind of you know slow, slow it down in the red zone, force another field goal. But it starts here with little play-action counters. They had running count. They had running count. They had been running counter. Now they're on the play action off it. And it's one of my favorite route two man route combinations, Nick. This is Yankee with, you know, the deep post and the crosser. So this is going to open up the middle of the field. We know one thing. And that one thing is Giants linebackers don't really drop to depth to make any kind of play in the passing game. Smith actually does a decent job dropping a depth here, but it's not in the pass lane. I mean, we're just never in the pass lane with these linebackers. You never see a hand on the ball. You never see the, the pass really altered because of it. So he kind of recovers, but. At that point, the pass is being, you know, to his right. So just an easy pitch and catch, in my opinion, at least. I mean, look, you can see you could talk about like Love made a good play on this. He did. He drove on the ball. But this is this is an easy pitch and catch. Like that's it's not, you know, it's not too hard for Heineke here. Giants are in a quarters look. And you're right. I mean, you see the second level defenders bite up for the play action linebackers trying to get to depth. But Jahan Dotson just kind of outruns the coverage underneath and puts himself in a position to make this catch. And it's contested because Julian Love does a really good job driving downhill. But this is a 16-yard gain to start this drive. Yeah, it's a big game. That's a big gain right there. And you can see the Giants linebackers, they're they're guessing a little bit. Like, this is play action. See how they all bite? They bite. And look at Michael McFadden. At this point, he's like, oh, crap, I need to go. Like, Taylor Heineke's already hitting his back foot before Michael McFadden realizes he has to drop the depth. Like, that's an issue right there. You need to be quicker and more decisive at that point. True. Good point. Um, that sets up a first and 10. It's a five yard counter run by Robinson out of a single back. It's played solidly by the giants. But as you said earlier, like even when they played it pretty good, it still seemed to get five yards. 
That's what it seemed like the entire game, man. It just seems like Brian Robinson just falls forward through it. And Henry Mondo, he like I like I Henry Mondo. I like Henry Mondo, but like every time he gets double teamed, he kind of gets bitched a little bit. But right here, if you watch, the tight end gets hip to hip, and he looks like he's about to get displaced. But he does a really good job fighting through seventy eight and then getting back in position to make a tackle on Brian Robinson. So I wanted to give him a little bit of credit there, although ideally, or I mean, not ideally, but I just feel like he kind of gets pushed around a lot whenever he is with the defensive end and the tight base personnel the Giants employ. Yeah, I think that's fair. Second and five set up. Washington goes a little heavier here, and they go into an I formation. Once again, they run back-to-back same play, counter, and it's a five-yard run, and it's just a first down. Easy back-to-back runs for the first down. They do it at a single back. They do it at a pistol. Yeah. They do it out of I formation. They're just running counter out of a bunch of different formations. And here, Brian Robinson ends up falling forward for another solid gain. Like, it's like, holy crap, like, what are you doing? Because it looks like he stopped up at this point. Michael McFadden does a good job coming in and then just taking on that lead blocker. But there's just this little hole. And who is that? Dexter Lawrence, I believe, or maybe that's Butler. No, I think it's Lawrence gets his his body on Brian Robinson, but Robinson does a good job kind of falling over the top and picking up like an extra two or three yards on the play. Yeah, he just does a good job of that. So it's a first down. And as you'll see, as I mentioned earlier, Scott Turner is part of the school of Kafka. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Keep running the same play. This time to the opposite side, at least. They run counter. And this time, finally, the Giants stop it for no gain. From the backside, too. It's Zion Gilbert, who does an excellent job sifting through traffic and making this tackle from the backside. That run counter now to the field side. Gilbert is aligned over the top of Diami Brown, I believe that is. And he just comes right in. It might have been a run blitz or just a blitz in general. And he sifts through the traffic, undercuts block, and makes the tackle. Good play by the undrafted kid. Yeah, that was a really good play by Gilbert. Um, so that was one of his best plays of the game. On second and 10, they go out with a play action. Uh, pass here and this is one of those plays where it looks like logan thomas is blocking he chips he releases and there's just again no one in the area no linebacker to make a play on it and so it's just an easy pitch and catch for a first down on a second and long you could see how julian love is cheating up a little bit looks like cover three right before the snap and what the giants did most of this game was they would just run cover three weak side buzz so they would buzz their weak side defender down towards the flat type of area and you can see how julian love at the bottom of the screen is doing that it's something the giants did quite often in this game but despite that fact you still have the middle of the field wide open because right. the linebackers dropped to such depth and nobody even accounts for logan thomas and it goes for what 11 yards man like these are chunk plays through the air and michael mcfadden ends up basically uprooting logan thomas who is a really tall guy yeah and it's too easy there you know like we're not if we're not going to have him if we're not playing somebody on the, the tight ends or chipping and releasing i don't know what else you i don't know if you need to get these linebackers that kind of depth but then again they're not making plays in the pass lane so i get it and yeah so it's just it's a tough spot right now for the giants personnel wise i think at linebacker so sets up a first and 10 here um, just a zone, like a, a split zone run, I think. You can correct me on that. If it's wrong, Lawrence kind of makes a good play here, but it ends up being a six-yard gain. Yeah, it's split zone, and you can see this is the play that Kayvon Thibodeau got hurt against with Thad Moss in the preseason. You can see how his legs yeah, get taken yeah. out there. Dexter Lawrence looks like he gets absolutely dominated, but if you look closely, he trips over 76's foot, and that helps the Giants out because now 76 is all off kilter and then Leonard Williams just throws him to the ground and makes his tackle 
looks like it could have been a really big play by Antonio Gibson, albeit good play by Jalen Smith to put himself back into position and shed that tackle who was climbing up into his lap. Yep. Sets up a second and four, though. Easy second and four. They go back to 11 personnel here, back to the gun here, and they try to, once again, get the running back matchup with a linebacker. This is something you'll see in the second half a few times. This is part of the game plan. They understand the personnel they're going against. Scott Turner, as I've said in the past, and I believe, and I'll say again, is one of the most underrated offensive play callers and coordinators in the NFL. And this time, though, Heineke is off target with it, thankfully for the Giants. Um, it's just kind of like an overthrow. For Jalen Smith, all of his faults and everything like that, he is significantly better in these types of situations yes. than Tay Crowder is. Significantly better, I feel like. I mean, let's think week two last year against this same football team, this same offensive coordinator. The Giants lost that game for a lot of reasons, but one big reason defensively is because Tay Crowder cannot keep up with J.D. McKissick. And I felt like Jalen Smith was was in position a solid amount of time despite the traffic that he had to run through every time Washington wanted to throw the football to Robinson or Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. I think it's a great take, and I think we can even look back at past game tape like the Jacksonville game where you saw him. I think it was Jacksonville game where he came over and covered that wheel route really well. Um, was it that game or was it another he's game? He's done it a couple different times. Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah. So I think he's been, I know, look, he hasn't been great. I'm not a huge fan of him being our starting Mike, but I still think if we subbed in Crowder, we'd be seeing worse, especially in these situations. Yeah. I think he's the best option the Giants have right sadly. now. Sadly. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> is. Exactly. It's a very sad state. And this is why I think, you know, I stand by what I've said. Our biggest need is not wide receiver. Our biggest need is not interior offensive line. It's definitely linebacker. We can't do this again. We cannot go into next season like this. It's just It just affects the whole defense when you watch the tape week after week. But here's the touchdown on the third and four. Giants get pressure. But what's one thing that happens when you get pressure? And I'm surprised. You know, watching this, I was thinking, Nick, and this play kind of stood out in my head. If I'm coordinating against the Giants and I'm trying to run an offense against the Giants, Considering how much man coverage they play on these third down situations, I'd just be running a shit ton of mesh over the middle of the field because look at what it does. Look at the conflict it puts in Fabian Rojo. has to come all the way over the top of all that trash in the middle of the field, which already puts him off. And then he's like recovering. It's still an awful tackle. Like, let's be honest. Like, even, even despite being having to come over that trash, which is somewhat of an excuse, it's still you got to make that tackle. But I just run this shit all the time against the Giants because they play so much man in these situations. They play so much, man. It looks like also O'Shane Zimenez and Nick McLeod both take Antonio Gibson releasing out of the backfield. wonder what that's about exactly. Yeah, like one of them was supposed, was supposed to come. It's not like there's another eligible receiver in that area. I'm wondering if there was going to be a, another flat defender. I'm not really 100% certain. Either way, Fabian Moreau kind of gets toasted by McLaurin. And then right here, you got to make this tackle. Just terrible tackle yeah. attempt by Moreau. And you rarely see this at this depth of the field, you're at like the 25 yard line. Right. Somebody just walk into the end zone. Like that's <laughs> something that happens on, on plays that are like 80 yards, right? True. Like that should not necessarily happen, but that's a byproduct of man coverage and one poor missed tackle. But if we're going to look at the pluses from this play, it's Aziz Ojolari. Like right. I love, I love the play by Aziz Ojolari against John Bates to force the fumble, but this might be his most impressive rush. And I think Taylor Heineke just made such a phenomenal play in the pocket to avoid Aziz Ojolari. He's going up against 78 right here, the starting tackle. Right there, makes contact. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see he explodes off the ball. He's not even super wide, right? He's not like in a complete wide nine, but he is not a five technique, but he's still within range for 78. And look how he just uses his inside hand to swat down the contact 
of this tackle. And then you can see already the bend and the explosiveness from this individual. He already has him beat. He's beyond the hip to hip type relationship that edge rushers are always trying to establish. And he's starting to orient his hips into the pocket. And then once the tackle contacts that inside shoulder, you can see again, just kind of come up with the rip move, break that contact like he's doing right here. If you're watching on YouTube and then bend through the contact and jump, this is going to be a sack. If Taylor Heineke doesn't step up into the pocket like that, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal rush by Aziz Ojolari in a one-on-one situation, one-on-one matchup. And just look at those ankles. Look at that. That stuff is flat. That's flat on the ground. This kid, I don't remember him being this flexible last season. I don't think he was like, I don't know what he did. He added like 10 pounds of muscle, but he must've been doing Pilates or something. I don't know what exactly he was doing. Yoga, downward dog. I don't know, but (laughs) like there are not Dan, a lot of pass rushers in the NFL who have the type of bend that we've seen from Aziz Ojolari on several different reps this season against Chicago and a couple times in this game, his bend is freaking rare for NFL athletes. That's a really good sign moving forward. I mean, like, there's a chance. Like, if you have that kind of bend, I, I don't know if this is here to stay. Hopefully it is, and hopefully you can stay healthy. But if you have that kind of bend, like, I think we can both agree right now there's at least a non-zero chance that with that kind of bend, as you know, having that trade of that kind of bend, in addition to the move that he already came in with, entered the NFL with, which is really good, which you talked about on the last episode, he could eventually be better than Gavon Thibodeau as a pure pass rusher. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously, I still think Gavon Thibodeau may be the better player because in my mind, he's so much better than Ojolari in the run game. There are some ugly reps in the run game in the second half from Ojolari, one we'll get to, and I don't think he'll ever kind of surpass him. But what about just pure pass rushing uh, ability? Do you think he has a chance to be better than Thibodeau? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's a, a hot take either. And it's not a slight on Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think you are also correct. Kayvon Thibodeau is a much more well-rounded player than Aziz Ojolari right now, but we've seen what 33 run defending snaps from Aziz Ojolari this season. There's still hopefully room to grow right. since he did add that 10 pounds of muscle, but Kayvon Thibodeau is pretty well-rounded for a rookie, but he doesn't have this bend. And right. I don't think as, as explosive as Kayvon Thibodeau is, I don't know if he's as explosive as Aziz Ojolari, not a slight just something that just kind of an observation. I think this combination of explosiveness and bend is going to consistently threaten tackles to the high side, which is going to force quarterbacks to do what step into the pocket. And when a quarterback steps into the pocket, who is usually there? Dexter Lawrence, Lawrence, Leonard Williams. So I think just getting Aziz Ojolari back is excellent for everyone involved. And we also saw in this game, there were times where Washington didn't slide towards Kayvon Thibodeau. They would keep a tight end into chip Aziz Ojolari, which would allow Kayvon Thibodeau to have a one-on-one matchup. So I think just stats and pressures, hopefully more of that is going to come just by having this kid back. I really think he changes a lot up front on a defensive front that was already talented without him. Yeah, I'm happy to say, I'm happy you see it that way because we have a lot more upside on this team that we have two potential pass rushers who can impact the play. And you'll see it throughout the game. There are some really good pass rush reps and some drives that are ended by pass rush plays so we get to the next drive third drive of the game finally the Giants defense settles down a bit and they force a three and out here um it wasn't easy you'll see on the last play they almost got the first down starts off here with split zone out of the pistol we see the football team run the pistol at least a couple times that I remember um really good play by your boy here I thought at least Julian Love who just you can see him just making these kinds of plays often for the Giants in the box this is what McKinney used to do before the injury now it's kind of been dropped down to Love this is now his role um and it's still a five-yard gain but it could have been more 
And one reason why this play was so successful was because the Giants blitz Micah McFadden right through the A-gap and base personnel towards the run side, but he doesn't get home. And that's a big issue because he gets turned around by this guard, as you see. And now Julian Love is kind of replacing him in where he penetrated, but Leonard Williams kind of does the same thing. So now you have two guys in that A-gap with Micah McFadden kind of getting turned around. Brian Robinson quickly sees this and runs through the B-gap. Look at Aziz Ojolari. He's holding the edge, but he can't restrict the B-gap right there. As you can look, you can see how he's trying to, and he gets kind of pissed at himself at the end of the play. You see how he throws his hands. But Micah McFadden is just a bit slow to come off, but just great job by Julian Love, not fully committing in the hole and staying in a position that's going to allow him to react if Brian Robinson bounces outside. That's exactly what Julian Love does. And Julian Love and Fabian Moreau are in position to make the tackle. Yeah, I see what just happened there with McFadden on a lot of the times. They they have a lot of run blitzes with McFadden. I see that happen a good amount, unfortunately. Um, but that's just what it is right now. Second five situation here. You have them trying to run like a little post wheel here. Obviously, Washington wants to throw the wheel, but the pressure makes it impossible with a little twist up front. This is a sack I think is created by Leonard Williams, but uh, ultimately Ellis gets credited for it. And just like we brought up maybe about five minutes ago, look at Aziz Ojolari's side. Tight end Logan Thomas takes him, and then the tackle assumes, and Aziz Ojolari is eliminated. But what does that do? If you're in a six-man protection, now you have two guys paying attention to Aziz Ojolari. Everyone else is, they're not in a one-on-one -on -one matchup. Well, they are in a one-on-one -on -one matchup, but Brian Robinson doesn't really chip. He kind of stays, and then he goes into his route. So everybody else has a one-on-one -on -one matchup, and Leonard Williams does a good job I think on accident because he gets pushed by the guard into the center to allow Justin Ellis to loop around and then face mask, but we won't talk about that and sack Taylor Heineke on this play. Just good pressure from the the big guys up front without Dexter Lawrence, which isn't something we've seen consistently this season. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence hasn't come off the field a lot this season in general. Third is thirteen. This, this is the second down. I just want to let the YouTube audience see the route because you have the post wheel. You can see how. Who's that? Curtis Samuel stutters his release. And that's where Taylor Heineke's looking. If you look at Taylor Heineke, he's looking at this wheel route. He tries to look the safety off to allow one-on-one -on -one matchups. And there's a little bit of space there against Zion Gilbert, but not a ton. But it doesn't matter because Taylor Heineke ends up getting sacked. Yep. Set, setting up a third and 13 situation. Actually, this was a weird play. Look at the formation. Look at how the Giants lined up before the snap. And then Kayvon Thibodeau bails to the right side as kind of like a looping blitzer. And that takes him away from the screen side. So it's a very dangerous looking play immediately after the snap. Like there's not a lot of players in the area to stop the screen here. And the play is only made by several Giants who rally to the ball and stop him one yard short. But Dexter Lawrence makes a big effort here to come all the way across from where he's lined up at the nose over the center, which is insane, and then kind of get himself in front of the receiver by the end of the screen. So he almost tips the ball. He blitzes or uh, penetrates, almost tips the ball, and then comes back and makes the play on the screen. Pretty wild play by 97. It picked up 12 yards on a third and 13 here. And you're right. This is just insane effort by Dexter Lawrence. There's not a lot of 340-pound guys who do this or even have the ability to do this. And it just kind of speaks to why this guy typically wins the superlative of being the high hustle player. Yeah, high hustle, he wins the prototype of the best player a lot, too, for us. But that gets the Giants off the field slightly, but enough to get them off the field. No one's going for it from that range. The next drive is the one uh, to tie the game, I believe, and it's or just when the game after the game was tied, I'm sorry. It's a 12-play, 51-yard drive that ends in a field goal. 
Giants once again, bend but don't break. Starts here with a first and ten situation where look, what do you what do you what do you expect them to do at this point? They're running counter this time out of a different formation and a different personnel grouping, a full house backfield. Full house just means um, you can see it lined up and almost. Why do they call this a full house? That's the question I have, Nick. Is there a reason for that? I'm not 100 percent sure yeah. where the name comes from, Game but it's, okay. you have three people in the backfield. Your quarterback in this formation is under center. Running back is directly behind him, like it would be single back. But then you have two tight ends, fullbacks, whatever you want to call them, basically over the top of both B gaps. So this is something that I mean goes back to like the wing T right. offense. You know, like you can you can run a lot of different crazy formations. Brings me back to my high school days because that's the type of offense we ran back then. You can run a, a ton of different creative rushing plays out of this, but here you just get a counter where you basically have both of those those tight ends block. You have the kick out and then the lead block with Jonathan Williams, I think, as the as the running back. And the Giants play it really well, and there's really nowhere for this guy to go because Jihad Ward is difficult to block if you're a tight end, and both Jalen Smith and Micah McFadden don't really fall for the formation and end up tackling this kid for like a one-yard game. Yep. And I, I still wonder where they came up with the full house there. I always wonder some of these terms or terminology where it came from, but it sets up Bob Saget fan. Yeah. But it sets up a second and oh Bob Saget fan. Nice. It sets up a second and nine play here where Taylor Heineke off the play action. Once again, what are they running? Play action counter. It's all based on the counter, it seems like this game plan. Everything's off of that. Taylor Heineke fits a really freaking good ball in here. Look, he's not a good quarterback. He overthrows the imprint. But if we saw Daniel Jones make a throw like this on film we'd be praising him for like days. It feels like, I mean, like I haven't really seen this type of tight window throw this whole shot throw much this season from not only just the giants, but even the teams they've played a lot of the time, really Dak does it. Some Dak did it sometimes in that film. Gino did it. Lawrence did it. And Heineke's a bad quarterback. We've, we've made that clear, but he does have these weird moments where he's just like, F it. I can fit this ball into this window. And there is no window. It seems like, and yet he fits it in and it's a 17 yard gain on a second and long. Yeah, it's right before the safety in cover three. So right out of his break, Heineke's throwing this football and you have the defender in cover three, the cornerback off leverage outside a little bit. Jason Pinnock just a little bit late to react, but he kind of has to be because he has to respect this deep post from the backside of Jahan Dotson. And you also have the weak side rotation again from the Giants. Well, actually, this is strong side rotation downward, but there's really no one to rob because it's really just two, two routes two deep routes and then the intermediate route ends up getting a hit. So I guess it's an intermediate route and a deep route with the check down. So just three routes out there for Washington. Nice, big, what 17 yard gain here. Yeah. Really huge gain here. Um, sets up first and 10. They're going to run a little quick game here. Just a slant against cover two. not good ball placement, which helps the giants, but it's still a nine yard gain. Yeah. It's just a quick slant. Now the ball placement was to the back shoulder. I'm guessing maybe Heineke thought this middle hook defender was going to be a little bit closer. And this right. really tripped me out for those watching on YouTube. Look at this. Something <laughs> I realized when I was watching it, because I, I like to go really slow and stuff. And that's just that's just really trippy. But almost an incompletion, but Terry McLaurin makes catches like this. And this is kind of when I see this stuff start to happen. I, this is what I mean. Like, I'd love for Kafka to start mixing in more of this. Just get Jones in the gun, spread him out. 
Like, this is like five, you know what I mean? This is an empty, but then they bring the guy in motion, which is fine toward the backfield orbit motion, and just let Jones run a little bit more quick game because he could throw a quick game even better than Heineken. To me, quick game is not so dependent on the quote unquote, do I have the weapons? Quote unquote, I hate these receivers. Quote unquote, I hate these interior off the line. All things are true when you're trying to run like these deep play action shots from under center where it's the five, seven step drops. I understand why it sucks to have a bad interior off the line. He doesn't want to run a lot of those plays or. You know, you don't have the receivers to kind of challenge downfield. But quick game, Isaiah Hodgkins, Hodgins can run quick game, right? And he showed it in overtime. He made two great catches in quick game. So, like, I just wish we would mix in some more. Go to the gun. Let Jones run quick game. I know Jones can operate quick game better than Taylor Heineke. He has better ball placement. He gets the ball out faster. He's been decisive with it. He's got good velocity this year. So, I just, this is when I start to see like, you know, it's a first down play and you pick up nine and we struggle so much sometimes to pick up any yards on these first down plays. We're running the ball for nothing. We're doing the play action slide and there's guys waiting and it's a three yard gain. I just see this Nick and I'm like, all right, it's time, Mike. It's time to, to, to mix it in a little bit more, go to the gun, spread them out a little bit, get out of 12 personnel, get out of 13 personnel and just let Jones run a little quick game. Yeah, some things about quick game you really need in terms of your personnel and your wide receivers. You just need wide receivers who can release against press coverage. That's mm-hmm. one thing you definitely need. So quick-footed wide receivers who can win inside and be where they are supposed to be and allow Daniel Jones to deliver the ball. But I, I agree. I think it's definitely something that hopefully Mike Kafka will start to use a little bit more. I get it. This offensive line sucks. We've kind of went over it. I understand. But quick game is bang, bang. Just allow right. Daniel Jones to read the defense pre, confirm, post, make a throw, have a check down option if it is not there. And also he can use his legs if it's not there too. Exactly. That's the other bad benefit to it too. Like he doesn't like what he sees run. So hopefully they'll mix it in more. I think at this point, maybe even there realize like we got to change some things up um, as far as what we're running every week, but easy nine yard gain sets up the second down where you just saw it. It was a one yard run. And so now it sets up this first down, which you're seeing a little pistol again, play action off the pistol. They try to run a little bit of like a, quick hitter to the outside but the giants are ready for it they drive on the ball it actually looks pre-snap and right after the snap like there's some space because you can see as you as you saw earlier mcleod bail but it was a good replacement here by who is that who made the replacement play here it looks like love um in yeah. space to make the really great tackle for a two-yard loss yeah giants alone impressed bail the motion of jahan dotson to the to the weak side where cam sims is prompts Julian Love to rotate down that way. And you can see how they trade off McLeod and Julian Love. Julian Love's aligned over the number two, but he's going to play the shallow route, whereas Nick McLeod is going to take the vertical route in this match type principle defense. And Julian Love just plays this so well. He's out of depth and he's just eyeing Taylor Heineke, eyeing him. And once he throws, he just drives. And look how he just keeps his legs moving. Even when he's like on the ground, somehow he's generating force through the ground. True. It, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I, uh, I have a little bit of a man crush on this kid and, and the way he plays. Yeah, he plays great. Um, so that sets up a second and 12. You think, okay, maybe the Giants can, can get off the field here. Um, they run a little like something we've seen with the Giants, a little fast three to the, to the left side, out to Brian Robinson. And Aziz Ojolari actually reads this incredibly well and plays this super well. But unfortunately, he misses the tackle because it could have been like a three or four yard loss and he misses the tackle. And instead, um, you're going to get uh, like a five yard gain. Yeah. And look at Aziz Ojolari. He's the third defender. So he's the defender who's going to take Brian Robinson. And you can see the second level just react to a possible run because what does Micah McFadden do? He is blitzing. So he's blitzing, trying to create havoc. Look at the Washington D 
defensive line or offensive line, they all pull, right? It looks like it's going to be a GT counter run. I'm not sure if it was going to be blocked down that way anyways, and this was an RPO. And Taylor Heineke confirmed that you had Brian Robinson against an edge rusher. That's what I think happened. He confirmed, okay, Brian Robinson has Azizo Jolari with two blockers. Let's get the ball to Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson does a good job spinning off Azizo Jolari's tackle attempt and picking up five yards on this fast three play. But it looks like this is an RPO GT counter. And I'm also wondering if he did hand the football off. Kayvon Thibodeau is getting kicked out, and it would have been Julian Love against a offensive lineman. But the penetration from Micah McFadden through that A-gap kind of screwed up that second puller. That's one reason why I think Wink Martindale loves to blitz McFadden in these types of situations to create a lot of havoc in the interior part of the opposing offensive line. Yep, that makes a lot of sense here. Um, the next play was a hold on Fabian Moreau to extend the drive, which sets up a first and 10 situation. Um, and we're going to get here. They're motioning in the H back and they just run a little uh, zone read play. This one goes for six yards against a base defense. I mean, this is just like you said earlier, it just felt like every time they ran the ball, they were getting at least four or five, six yards, with the exception of a few plays. Yeah. And the hold on Moreau, it, it was something that it should have been called, but it, it's it's more than egregious or anything. You know, it was just kind of a little bit ticky tacky, but that sucked because that was a what third and eight situation. Right. Right here, you get six yards to Antonio Gibson against base personnel and just a simple zone read with pre-snap motion. And you had the H-back kicking out to Heineke side. So if Heineke kept it, he had a blocker in space, which is something that we've seen the Giants run several times as well. On a second and four, they go back to the well. And by back to the well, I mean they go with the counter run again. And it's another six-yard gain for the Washington football team. Back-to-back, 12 yards on two plays in the run game. And it's at a split back too. And they use the the Logan Thomas, who was aligned next to Taylor Heineke, to be the lead blocker off the kickout block of Jihad Ward. And again, Micah McFadden fills very aggressively, gets low, delivers a nice hard shot. Look at the how low Micah McFadden is relative to big old Logan Thomas. But still, he gets turned away, and there's a hole for Antonio Gibson. And Julian Love ends up making this tackle from the backside of the play, sifting through traffic. Another good play by Love. Good play by Love, but still a first down gain. Sets up a second, uh, sorry, another first down. They have another zone read play, stretch this time. And you have, it's hard to run stretch against the Giants when they have Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence in the game at the same time. And you could see a great example of that on this play. Dexter Lawrence just totally blows this play up. Yeah, that's what Dexter Lawrence does. I mean, not sorry, not Dexter Lawrence. This was Leonard Williams. I don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, Leonard Williams is the one who takes on the block and kind of gets pushed. Away oh, from the block. Get pushed. But I mean, it works out to his advantage. And then he dips that inside shoulder, gets his hand on Antonio Gibson. There's just nowhere for Antonio Gibson to go. There's about six or seven giants around him, and he ends up getting tackled here. Yeah, he somehow fought back to the line of scrimmage. I thought it was going to be a loss at first, but it was not. Um, the second intense situation, you're going to see the Giants use their linebackers in a blitz. It's Smith who blitzes on this one. And this is at a pistol. And Taylor Heineke doesn't like what he sees on the out, which I'm not sure exactly why. I think he should maybe should have thrown it. But by that point, he comes back to it, and the pressure is already coming down from Kayvon Thibodeau uh, to force an incomplete pass. Who is left unblocked, essentially. Right. <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau. And this is a, a product of the formation because Leonard Williams releases into the tackle. The tight end doesn't stay to block, and Antonio Gibson goes out into the flare route and Micah McFadden has to cover so much ground because there's no one else to take Antonio Gibson. Look how Micah McFadden has to cover from the far hash all the way in a pistol formation on Antonio Gibson, because you have Jalen Smith blitzing and Kayvon Thibodeau also blitzing Kayvon Thibodeau. He stutters a little bit. And I'm wondering why does he think he has to take Antonio Gibson here? Cause he kind of stops and then he just goes right into Taylor Heineke and his hit through the throw off 
And, and if Heineke realizes that early, like if Heineke has a better understanding of this play and what it's going to look like post snap, he could just meet instead of looking to his right, look to the left, get the ball to Gibson. And who knows how long this shit's going to go for because McFadden is not making a play on it. If the ball's out early, he wanted to go to this curl from Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Cause look, you see Logan Thomas just run into that defender and there's Curtis Samuel with about like four yards of separation on his defender with Micah McFadden being behind where he's supposed to be is running right through the throwing lane. So he has to hesitate. And then just, I think it's at that point he realizes, Oh, McFadden's running after Antonio Gibson, yeah. meaning Antonio Gibson's more than likely open, but Kayvon Thibodeau does not allow him to get the football there. Yes, sir. And so third and 10 situation giants, as they have at times, a lot of times this year brought pressure this one, you know, everybody talks about, oh, my God, all these flags, the Giants got screwed. You could look at the opposite way if you're a Commanders fan. This, to me, should have never been picked up. This was an obvious pass interference right at the goal line. Would have been a touchdown the next play or the next two plays. And I don't know why, but the ref picked it up. To me, it looked like an obvious pass interference. I don't know how you're allowed to put your, like, to, to have that kind of contact that Moreau has at the top of this. But he picked up the flag. So maybe by rule, it's not a pass interference. I'm not sure. I mean, it definitely looks like there's contact there. Maybe they ruled that the throw was uncatchable, but I'm pretty sure Terry yep. McLaurin could have probably fought back through this. Maybe they said, hey, Moreau got his head around. I'm not sure, man. Some of these rules are just incredibly subjective, but look at the Giants and the pressure that the Giants bring. Look, the Giants still lead the league in in blitz rate. Yeah. It's like 40%. It's something absolutely insane. They love to blitz. And you can see Dexter Lawrence kind of gets thrown down. You have Nick McLeod looping around, and Jason Pinnock ends up kind of getting in and delivering some sort of hit on Taylor Heineke along with Kayvon Thibodeau going up against John Bates. Let's watch Kayvon Thibodeau for a second. Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the outside shoulder and then easily just kind of uses his hands, a little judo, judo move, just going to double swipe and then bring the inside arm. A little bit of a hole, but nothing egregious and throw ends up going incomplete. And the Giants get off the field. And so that's, you know, what we've seen a lot from this defense, get into the red zone, but then get off the field. And so that helps them stay in the game at this point. And we go to half at this point. So that's their final drive of the first half, the football team. First drive of the second half is a five-play drive. This was the best drive for the Giants defense. It's three, I'm sorry, three-play drive. And it ends on the third and long with the Zizo Jolari strip sack. Just a beautiful play by Ojolari that I'm excited to get to. But it starts here with zone read, little motion pre-snap. They fake the pitch. Like you said at the beginning of this pod, there's a lot of eye candy in this offense. That's what Scott Turner's always liked to do. It's why I've always felt like he's ahead of the game. Um, but the Giants play this one pretty damn well, and it's only a two-yard gain. Look, the jet motion just takes Jalen Smith because not only is there jet motion, but Brian Robinson reacts as if the ball is going to the other side. You have two guys coming across the formation. That's going to really screw up the second level, and Jalen Smith is more than likely – his assignment is Brian Robinson, so he has to follow Brian Robinson, but that's going to eliminate a defender from that side that you're handing off to Curtis Samuel. So now you have, what, four blockers on three guys that are on the line of scrimmage, and somehow Dexter Lawrence is able to make this tackle at the line of scrimmage. I felt like Aziz Ojolari also does a pretty good job setting this edge and taking away the outside run to force a cutback. And if Dexter Lawrence doesn't beat 68 here, Dan, like you have 69 climbing up to Nick McLeod, and I think this could be housed. Maybe Julian Love. Okay, Julian, Julian Love's Love will make, but that's not even an easy play for Love because there's so no, much space. Not. Like he might, Samuel might be able to make a miss in space. That's an insane play by Dexter Lawrence, which is something that we've said so many times this year. He's basically like again, like we talked about it with Andrew Thomas in the last podcast. He's like our LeBron James, the defense in the sense like he could win MVP of the game every every week for plays like these, and there's a lot of them. One player I also want to talk about is 44. Man, I think Nick McLeod's actually a pretty good football player. Mm -hmm. 
Like this is somebody that you just got off of the Bills practice squad and he was forced into a, a big spot against Green Bay and he came up with some really important plays and we were just like, ah, whatever, you know, like he's just a replacement guy. But now that I've seen him play consistently, I think he's a pretty good football player, man. Like, like he's solid. Like he's not a liability out there. Yeah, it seems like no matter who we put at corner, we we very rarely have liabilities. And that's, you know, a lot of kudos goes to the coaches for that, I think. Yeah, Jerome Henderson's a beast. He really is. And as you can see on the second and eight, a lot of pressure forces this kind of overthrow. And you get the pressure from Dexter Lawrence on a back-to-back great plays from Dexter Lawrence, just becoming a beast. I mean, just look at Lawrence there. He's too much to handle. It forces Heineke off his spot. And if Lawrence doesn't make this pressure, this is why it's such a big play. If he doesn't make this pressure, and let's say that's just a clean pocket, Heineke doesn't have to be forced off the spot. And the timing is back on. And he's going to make this throw. Like, it's open. You know, this in the NFL, this is wide, considered wide open. Um, and he's going to throw this out. He's thrown it earlier in this game. But because he's forced off his spot, he's late with his throw. And it's a harder throw to make because he's thrown for an unbalanced base. And it's overthrown. It's an insane play by Dexter Lawrence to split a double team. Look how he just uses his hands. He fends off that inside hand or that outside hand of that of 69. And then he just swims over the top and then uses his own outside hand to create that separation and then splits just like Jack Nicholson. Like we say, man, this dude, we should just start calling him Jack Nicholson from the shining. Cause he does that so much, man. He splits these double teams and then just gets horizontal through the hole, puts the pressure on Heineke. Heineke's good in these situations, man. Whenever he has interior pressure, he does a pretty solid job dipping around like that. Know, and then does. actually getting the football out of his hands. Let's look at it, it from the sideline pocket pretty well. Yeah. And I mean, this is the second time that he avoided what a lot of other quarterbacks, like statuesque quarterbacks, would have been sacked in. On this deep over to Jahan Dotson is there. Michael McFadden's a little bit late to realize that he has to get outside the numbers. That throw is there for the taking, and it's just a little we off. Just never, these linebackers are just never in the pass lanes, it feels like to me. Never in the right spot. It's crazy. They're not they're not the best with seeing what's going on behind. Yeah, it's it's what yeah. you think like there'd be some good examples and there's been so few and there's been a lot of there's a large sample size now. It's just wild to me. Like I don't know what how to, this has to be fixed before next season. You can't like eventually when you get to like if you're trying to be a Super Bowl type team, you're going to face good quarterbacks and they'll just crush you. I mean, they'll just absolutely torch you if they see it. Geno Smith did a really good job just torching us through the air, you know? And that's yeah. one of the best, it's the best quarterback they faced all year, basically, which is, which is a crazy statement, but it's probably true. a true statement. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, but somehow true on film. Here is the strip sack by Aziz Ojolari on a third and eight huge play pre-snap. The giants have like what? Eight guys up on the line of scrimmage. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys up on the line of scrimmage. And they have two deep safeties, but it's not just a deep safety too high man under look. It is a straight bracket on Terry McLaurin. You can see if you're watching on YouTube how Fabian Morel is aligned inside leverage a little bit, and he's just going to assume the trail position. He allows Terry McLaurin to beat him outside because Julian Love is right there. They're bracketing Terry McLaurin. They know who is Taylor Heineke's favorite target. And it looks like right. Taylor might have been throwing the football that way, which probably wouldn't have been the best idea. Maybe there was a really small window towards the sideline since Love was a little bit inside, but Zizo Ojolari doesn't even allow that to happen. This isn't just another insane rep by Ojolari. We'll go over it here in a bit. Incredible rep by Ojolari here. Um, He's going up against John Bates, right? So that's something that we have to discuss and say, but just look how low he gets, man. Like he touches grass when he brings that arm up through the rip. Not even, like I said, the hip-to-hip relationship. He's already beating him with his speed. And John Bates, I know he's a tight end, but he's a pretty good pass-blocking tight end. But he just gets beat by pure athletic ability here. And just watch how he turns and 
Look at the bend again, the bend. Look how low those knees are towards the ground. He's able to just kind of bend through that contact, torque his body, and then get his hand through a second effort and another block from Antonio Gibson on this football to force that fumble. And then he recovers the damn fumble because O'Shane Zimenez coughs it up. That's just really, really impressive. Yeah, and the pass rush around the ed other edge from Thibodeau helps this because it forces Heineke to step up off his spot, try to reset his, his pocket, and then by that point, Ojolari is there. Yeah, and Heineke's not throwing towards McLaurin. But yeah, you're right, man. That speed by Kayvon Thibodeau. And you can see it's the same type of move. It's a speed move, just try to employ the rip and then just win high side. You can see some good bend right there from Kayvon Thibodeau as well. Look how low you can see the difference too, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, you see the there's... difference in how... Look, this is a perfect example because they're both having those rushes up the arc. Look at how Ojolari's are able to bend around. And this happens a lot. I feel like with some of Thibodeau's pass rushes, he's, it's not like he's stiff or anything. He still has good bend on this, but he doesn't quite get around. You see, he's kind of not pushed up the arc, but he's not making... He's not getting around like Ojolari is. Yeah, it's Ojolari's ability to kind of, on, a, on the transverse plane, turn his body and torque like his torso in towards the pocket while he's still moving and bending through contact. I do feel like, and I don't want to use the word stiff because it might be misconstrued. Right. But Kayvon Thibodeau just doesn't necessarily have that unique ability. I don't and think there's a lot too. We said it when we were watching his film at Oregon. We did. We said his ankle flexion specifically, which right here, he's, his ankles are pretty flat, but it, he does not have the ankle. Look, look at Ojolari's. Yeah. Right you can here. see the back of Ojolari's Jersey, right? Yeah, exactly. You, see, you don't see the back of Thibodeau's Jersey. Yes, and and they're different rushes, and I get that, and one's going up against a tackle. But look sure. at just how flat Ojolari keeps his feet when he's turning that corner, and look how low his knees are to the ground, how low he gets. What was one of the biggest things we loved about Aziz Ojolari, Dan, was the fact that he's like 6'2 and a fourth with 95th percentile length. And now, like I'm telling you, man, I watched a lot of Aziz Ojolari at Georgia. He has some really impressive bend reps, but not like this. He seems more flexible right now, and if he can yeah, maintain somehow. it, if he can maintain this man, like it's, it's very exciting. And if that's a real thing, Nick, like he did what is, cause it's obviously we're, these are human beings. Like you can get more flex. Any of us in this world can get more flexible. If we stretch every day, right? If we do yoga for three hours a day, we're going to be a completely different human being. I, I then we, like I did yoga for at one point for four months. This is a stupid example. I'm not an athlete, but at the end of those four months, Nick, I was a completely different person, dude. I can touch <laughs> my toes, you know? So it's like, I don't know if there is some kind of regiment he was on. I'd be curious to know that. And if there is, I'd love to see if he can get Thibodeau on that and Zimenez and everybody in this team. Why not? Some of this stuff is definitely natural. I'm sure you can sure. improve it. Like you have like guys like Von Miller who who are oh like this. God, that's freakish right? natural. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't need a stretch. Yeah, he doesn't even need to stretch. Exactly. <laughs> but it's uh, as Giant fans looking at these two young pass rushes and seeing their upside and just seeing what they're already putting on tape, man. I, I get very excited about the future of this defensive front especially because you can also add Dexter Lawrence to that mix. That's three of them. That's three really young, great defensive linemen they have. And, and Williams, you want to include him too, but let's just for now include those three. Yeah, and I'm Future sure that Dexter line. Lawrence, yeah, he'll be he'll be re-signed, which is yes. excellent for the New York Giants. And even for somebody his size. Well, you hope he'll be re-signed, right? Because they did, they did let go of Linville, <sighs> Dalvin. Like this, the last, like the, the all their last few massive, young, great, defensive tackles they have let go linville dalvin who's one before that um hankins they're like, like barry cofield go cofield if you want to go yeah, back hankins, yeah, yeah, that. So hopefully there this is a different uh you know it's a different breed so we'll see mr happens. hankins you're right but I'll, I'll say this none of these guys none of those guys were nearly as no. talented 
as Dexter Lawrence in terms of rushing the passer and probably other parts of his game. Like I think Dexter Lawrence is in like the top, he's like a 99th percentile athlete. And I don't know if he tested that way, but just the way he plays on tape, there aren't people that size who move in that manner. We're talking about flexibility. He has a ton of bend. Dexter right. Lawrence for a guy his size. He's not going to do what Aziz Ojolari is doing, but he's 340 freaking pounds. You gotta I, got, I will give Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman does deserve credit for that. He was a former yeah. scout, Gettleman. Like, as a scout, he saw that. He said it when he drafted Lawrence. He's like, for a man for his size, doesn't flip his hips like that and isn't able to bend like that. He was right. That was good scouting. Yes. He was right about that. I mean, dude, oh. look at what he did as a true freshman at Clemson. He had like 40 oh, pressures. He was best as a true freshman there. He was insane, dude. He was balling out. He was injured at times after that. So I feel like that could kind of even say, uh, you know, describe some of why he wasn't as good. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I think the Giants have, <laughs> I would say their defensive front is in good hands, but let's find some linebackers first. But the defensive Please. line, they're there. <laughs> so that is a forced fumble. Luckily, it leads to a short field 20-yard line. Giants finally are able to count, capitalize on it with a touchdown, take the lead. Game feels like it's back on our side. We got the momentum. Next drive, it's a six play, uh, sorry, an 11 play, 38 yard drive. You rarely see drives are 11 plays, but only go 38 yards, ends in a punt. But something I found interesting about this drive, Nick, the Washington Commanders started this with five straight run plays, five in a yeah. row, and were able to create yardage. And what were they doing too? They were doing a the bunch usual. of different runs. Like, no, here's a counter run. We're seeing the counter run, but they also ran split zone. They ran stretch zone. They were trying a bunch of different stuff here to, to just take advantage of the Giants lack of ability to defend the run specifically laterally. You know, this is a counter run, so it's a little bit more to the inside, but you can see how the Washington is just trying to block everybody down, put a ton of pressure on Kayvon Thibodeau and these linebackers, but look how tight Kayvon Thibodeau stays to the block of John Bates. Like we always say, man, block down, step down rule. Kayvon Thibodeau sees the block down, so he knows to step down to keep everything narrow. He knows the counter run's coming, and look how narrow he keeps it. He absorbs that block, explodes low to high, stacks. Brian Robinson doesn't have a lot of space to run at this point. Look at all those Giants jerseys that are in the hole. Still, he picks up, of course, five yards on the play. But Kayvon Thibodeau keeps this very, very narrow. Yep. And that sets up a second and five situation. This was the play I referenced earlier. Shield your eyes from 51 here. Aziz Ojolari, who just gets absolutely tossed out of the gap here on the edge here. This is kind of what you'll see from Ojolari at times. He's not. He's still not really fully there as a run defender. He's not, but in his defense, the Giants are slanting him inside right. to the B-gap. So he's not acting as if he's trying to hold up the point of attack. He's trying to penetrate. That's what Aziz Ojolari is doing. So Ojolari is going to penetrate with Pinnock blitzing off of the edge and then Micah McFadden coming tight to the ass of Aziz Ojolari. And that's kind of the concept here to, to stop these types of runs in this cutback lane. But Aziz Ojolari doesn't get any penetration. He gets tossed beyond Jalen Smith, and then Micah McFadden takes the kickout block, and Jason Pinnock, really his blitz was ineffective because the ball was handoff well inside, yep. inside of where he was. And Brian Robinson ends up taking this for a really solid gain, and then look at that open field tackle by Julian Love. Julian Love lifts Brian Robinson up, just gets so low, and then just throws him to the ground. And that's a first down, 12-yard run. Sets up their third run in a row, five yards again. Stretch zone here. Directly uh, at Ojolari. Yeah, right at Ojolari. Back-to-back rough plays for Ojolari in the run game. Um, just five yards. Really easy. This is, this is something that we talked about a week three with Dallas. You align two receivers tight 
to the to the tackle with the tight end. So you have three receivers, eligible receivers on that side. This is a boundary run. And you can see how this is really tough for Aziz Ojolari to fight through contact from Jahan Dotson and John Bates. Then there's this outside run, and then Zizo Jalari thinks he can kind of undercut it at this point, and he forces Brian Robinson wide where these other contained defenders are, but they're all smaller guys like Zion Gilbert and Nick McLeod ends up going for a solid gain of, I think, only how, how many how many yards was this, Dan? Five yards, five I believe. Yards. Yeah, of course. Brian Robinson, Mr. Five hey, Yard. Hey, Mr. Five Robinson. <laughs> Mr. Five Robinson. That sets up a second and five situation. This one doesn't go for five. This goes for three yards. Because it's Antonio Gibson. Yeah, they go back to get right. Exactly. (laughs) Antonio Gibson, he just takes it out of the shotgun. Looks like zone read. Kayvon Thibodeau just stacks, sheds Brian Robinson, makes this tackle. Another great play by by Thibodeau to get in there. He does so many things like this, man. He doesn't really get the credit that I feel like he deserves exactly. or as well-rounded as he is. As you a saw a good, and that's a good, you know, uh, kind of back-to-back. You see the difference there between what Thibodeau is able to do in the run game and what Ojolari is um, on those three plays that we broke down. But then there's a third and two. They go back to a lighter personnel, but still decide to run out of pistol, and they're able to pick up the first down here with two yards. Yeah, they run out of pistol, like you said. Dexter Lawrence gets the contact on Robinson, but Robinson's still able to pick up two yards to move the sticks. And that sets up a first down. Once again, they go for their fifth straight run here. Or no, this is their sixth straight run. I forgot they they ran it six straight times here. Um, counter. This time, the Giants are like, all right, enough. We're ready for your counter. We've seen it long enough. There's so many guys rallying to that ball after the snap. Um, and it's they, the defense line keeps it nice and tight. Forces the... Who's that on the edge? Thibodeau forces it back yeah. inside. So Such a good play. Really Such a good, good job. His, con- his ability to contain on the outside is really strong. And look at, just look at the, is that tight end? Who is that coming across? It's um, uh yeah, it's 85. 85. It's Cole Turner. Turner. Yeah. I mean, you could see him get pushed back up, you know, backwards there. So this is zero yard gain or no, sorry. It's a three yard loss. Yeah, so Cole Turner is not a blocker to begin with, but Kayvon Thibodeau, and you can see the Giants linebackers, they know this is coming. They see Taylor Heineke present the football like he's, hey, he's presenting it to his right, and then he hands it off to his left. If you're a running back, you you don't necessarily want to cut back into the down blocks from your offensive linemen where they're down blocking a tight front. You have Dexter Lawrence, Vernon Butler, and Henry Mondu, but he has to because Kayvon Thibodeau and these linebackers are so instinctual, and they've seen it, what, like six times already in this game. Exactly. So now second and 13, you're going to get, um, a, I thought a pretty good job here uh, by Heineke to read hot, like to read the blitz from, I believe this was Gilbert blitzing off the, off the edge, off the corner. And the Giants try to replace, but that leaves kind of just an open voided area for the throw to McLaurin. And it's a nice throw by Heineke. It's a good read by him pre-snap. Yeah, Heineke diagnoses the blitz and just gets rid of the football outside the numbers to Terry McLaurin and really well-timed by McLaurin and Heineke. These guys really just are on the same page. You can see Heineke's throwing this football as McLaurin is going into this break and Fabian Moreau really doesn't have a shot to come downhill and make a play on the ball. Yep. So that's a first down there for Washington, 15 yards on the second and long. They had a lot of first downs off second and longs. That hurt the defense. Start out here on this first and 10. It's another counter run. They ran so much counter. This is a four-yard gain for Gibson. Yeah, Gibson ends up kind of cutting his back inside right to Vernon Butler, who ends up kind of just tossing Gibson to the ground. And that sets up a second and six. Giants, uh, I don't want to say caught a break because it was a penalty on Logan Thomas, but 
Thankful, thankfully, he did make that penalty because this was a nice nifty run here by Curtis Samuel. He turned this into like a big gain with some really nice cutbacks. Um, first, the cutback inside, then the bounce outside, breaking tackles, breaking like feet tackles. But it was a hold called. So it was uh, or it was a block in the back called. So, yeah, it was it a block a second and 16. And this is a different type of counter. You're in split back and they run GT counter. So now they're pulling the backside guard and tackle to the play side. And you're right, man. Curtis Samuel just bounces right around these blocks. Tom and Fox does a solid job keeping everything tight, but Curtis Samuel still finds a hole. He breaks the tackle of Julian Love and then Nick McLeod tries to run him out of bounds. But luckily, like you said, there is a flag because let's bring it up for those watching. Logan Thomas right here goes and hits Michael McFadden in the back just unnecessarily at that point because Curtis Samuel already won outside. Everyone appreciates a thirst-quenching beverage that looks like a beer can, but it's actually mountain spring water, and that look of a beer can may give other people the perception that you're cooler than you actually are. But this product I'm referring to is obviously liquid death. It's refreshing, it has multiple flavors, and it will help kill, probably brutally, plastic pollution. I've tried liquid death and it is thirst quenching when I'm parched. It hydrates me. So give it a try. And if you would like to do that, go get liquid death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target and Stop and Shop stores or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash big blue. That's liquiddeath.com slash big blue. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, four. And now we have a second and 16 situation. This was a huge sack by Jahad Ward here, who had one of his, I thought this was one of Jahad Ward's best individual plays in a long time for the Giants on tape. Unfortunately, they're not able to recover because it's a sack fumble. And if you looked at the replay, the ball was out before the arm went forward. Um, but sometimes you're not going to recover these, and it was recovered by Washington. Yeah, Jahad Ward just defeats, again, a tight end. Leave a tight end against Jahad Ward, even as a pass rusher, which he's not great at. He can use his power. Quarterback needs to get rid of the football really quickly, but you can see how the linebackers are sinking to extreme depths to try to remove any sort of middle-of-the-field intermediate routes. Taylor Heineke just holds it on onto the football a little bit too long. So the Giants are in some sort of cover three. Looks like just country cover three, just going to drop to an area of the zone. Then you're going to have Mike. Actually, no, Michael McFadden matches right there. Carries number 10. Nowhere for Heineke to go. So that's going to set up the third and 21. They try to run a little screen to Samuel. This is a tough spot for any offense, and they're not able to get it. No, they're not. Giants just rally right down. At this point, though, I'm like, all right, guys, make the tackle, even though it, it didn't really necessarily come close at third and 21. But there have been times where the Giants have surrendered long screens this season, and uh, I just kind of get sick of seeing it. We all almost saw it earlier in the game. Dexter Lawrence made that fantastic play. Correct. And so the next drive after that comes, uh, they roll into a 12 play 40 yard drive. This is the missed fuel goal drive. Um, so good job by the Giants at the end, because if you'll, as you'll see on the film here, and you guys probably remember, they were in field goal range. Like the Giants needed a huge sack on third and 13. And they need to put him in a third and 13 in the first place to get this going. It starts off here with um, Heineke trying to find, uh, it looks like, not sure who he's trying to find here. It looks like the tight end at first, but he's not open. And so he just scrambles for seven yards. I think he wants to look at Terry McLaurin. You basically have a high low situation with McLaurin mm -hmm. running a seven route and the tight end coming from the backside. But Fabian Moreau plays it very well. As you can see, Fabian Moreau is on top of Terry McLaurin the entire way. Julian Love eliminates John Bates. So Heineke's best option is to use his legs and he picks up seven yards. So it's a pretty, pretty damn good gain on first down. Yep. And after that, it's a second and three. You'll see another stretch zone here. And what is it? What do you, what's the name of this pod? What's the name of the show today? It's Brian Robinson for five yards. Cause here's another five yard gain from Robinson. I would love to count how many five yard gains he had in this game. Cause I feel like we've said this over and over at this point. <laughs> he really did. And I think this is Jalen Smith who ends up making this tackle show some patience. No, it's actually Vernon Butler. Somebody Butler, else with yeah. long hair. Vernon Butler eats this double team and then the penetration of Zion Gilbert forces 71 off of Vernon Butler and Vernon Butler comes across and makes his tackle. Luckily, cause he would have gained six yards. I wouldn't know what to call him. Low key. The giants need some uh, interior defensive line depth too this off season. I guess yes. that could be the case every off season, but right now it's definitely apparent they're playing guys like Butler. Mondu is okay, but I, I'd like an upgrade there too. Um, but that sets up what looks like a second and six situation. One, this time it's split zone. 
Um, and it's an 11 yard gain for the, the football team here. They're really starting to get the run game going, but it's really been going all game. It's stretch zone, but right, stretch what, zone. Yep. Yeah. You can see how Ojolari again, this is like the same formation that we saw before, only it was a boundary run. Well, now they're running it to the field side directly at Ojolari. It seems like Scott Turner is like, whenever 51 is out there, let's just put bodies in front of him and run at him. And that's exactly what Scott Turner did. And you could see Ojolari does a solid job right here. Like, look, he doesn't get outside. He doesn't contain. There's all these extra gaps with the tight end and the two receivers on that side. But there's a cutback lane that Ojolari positions himself in right here. And that forces Brian Robinson to elongate his rush and go outside. Ojolari, he's, he's not right now a, a great run defender. I don't think this is his primary gap, but he does position himself there. I don't even know if Brian Robinson would have had a lot of room to run with Jalen Smith coming in pursuit, but luckily the smaller defenders of the Giants, Julian Love and such, Nick McLeod positioned himself outside to negate a big run. Second and six, you'll see them now go to the split zone run. And this is a big gainer for the football team, 11 yards. Yeah, and Henry Mondu had a tackle too. He just Antonio, actually Brian Robinson runs right through a tackle. It's a good play by Mondu too because he gets double teamed and look how he just tosses the tackle on the ground and then wraps up Robinson. But Robinson is just strong enough to to shed a tackle attempt. And Julian Love ends up making this tackle again. Man, Julian Love just sticks low, sticks low. Just good fundamentals. Yep. Still, though, an 11 yard gain, not great for the offense or for the defense. Sets up a first and 10. They go to the gun. They're starting to get things rolling here on offense. And it's a 12 yard screen to Terry McLaurin right at the line of scrimmage. Thibodeau almost got his hands on this, but the result instead is a 12 yard gain. Speaking of Julian Love, look, got to say RIP to my guy. He gets absolutely tossed to the ground trying to feel the block. Two offensive linemen are on him and he gets uprooted. That's that's a devastating sight to see, but you know he's a tough SOB and he's going to continue battling. This yep. is a nice play to McLaurin. And then you'll see on the next first down, rolling a bit here, they're going to do the play action off the counter run. So this is what you'll see. They ran a lot of counter this game. Why not run some play action off of it? And it's a good job by McLaurin, I'm sorry, by Heineke to come back down to, to the check down here, which is a running back. And that's for a nice eight-yard gain to Gibson. They clear out that side of the field, the boundary side with Terry McLaurin and the linebackers are reacting to the counter run. So they got to sink to depth. Nobody takes the flat whatsoever. So easy pitch and catch for How Gibson. Many times and, have you seen that, right? React to the counter and then sink to depth. And by the time you're sinking to depth, there's this open gaping area and just a little throw. I mean, this happens all the time against the Giants defense this game. Yeah, it's one byproduct when you when you send five consistently when you're True. in this base defense. There's really point. no one to take that curl flat because Michael McFadden, it looks like here, he's sinking to more of a middle hook inside the numbers instead of a curl flat. And if it is a curl flat, he takes a little bit to kind of get outside because he's scrambling to undercut this crossing route from Jahan Dotson, which is covered pretty well by Julian Love. Yep. Uh, that eight-yard gain sets up a second and two. And you're going to see a play that you've probably seen a little bit from the Giants here. It's the play-action slide, or from the Giants on offense, I mean. Uh, and the Giants play this really well on defense here. Uh, it's only a one-yard gain. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau and Mondu, they they make contact with Jahan Dotson coming across the formation, and then they both kind of abandon him and then throw or go right after Heineke. Heineke does a good job being patient and allowing, here. I'll bring it up in a second, and allowing who is it Dotson to, to outrun and get the football, but the giants just rally down quickly and make that tackle second and two to force a third and one situation. Yeah. Nice rally to the ball by the giants defense third and one 
you're going to get zone uh, a one yard gain to convert the first down off a split zone with Robinson. Just what they needed, and start and it gets them into a first down. The Giants have a bunch of guys up on the line of scrimmage. You can see Washington trying to move them. It's really difficult to move the Giants, even when it is Mondu and Justin Ellis at this point. Even Ellis gets knocked down. Oof, oof! Look at Mondu's knee. Ugh, hate seeing that. Hopefully he's okay. But you can see how he gets rolled up on a little bit. Giants just can't hold him out of getting one yard. But in the next play, Cole Turner takes a holding call. Yeah, and that kind of sets them back because they, you know, they were in field goal range. That holding pushed them out of field goal range, and they tried to get back into it on the first down play. You just they just took what was given to them, a little seven yard gain, set up a second thirteen. So another just little dump off to Logan Thomas for seven yards. Giants act as if they're in a quarters look, but then Julian Love rotates down to the weak side to show cover three. And he's just a little bit late to react to Logan Thomas, who leaked out of the backfield. But Julian makes a pretty good open field tackle. Then on the second and 13, Giants come out with a two high look, two safeties. Not something you see all the time. Um, and then they have like a cover cover one after post snap. They rotate one of the safeties down into like a robber area. But that's not where Heineke's going with the football anyway. He tries to throw outside the numbers and he just throws high on a little stick route. Yeah, it looks like the Giants, when they were in too high, they, they take Julian Love and they rotate him down. Looks like over man coverage of the number three receiver, who is Logan Thomas. And then they take Jalen Smith, who might have just been the rat in the hole, but he's reading Taylor Heineke the entire time. And he reads the eyes of him, but Heineke throws way to the outside, puts it high, and J Jahan Dotson doesn't catch it. I'm wondering if Taylor Heineke, he probably would have saw Jalen Smith and never made this throw, but if he throws it to Curtis Samuel here on the quick curl, the number two receiver, Jalen Smith might be able to come away with a pick there. True. He was reading that really well. I think that's um, the purpose of the, the coverage. Would have been the first interception by a Giants linebacker all year, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's been there's only been four interceptions this season, if I'm not mistaken. Sure as hell not by any linebackers, unfortunately. So it sets up a third and 13. This is one of the biggest plays of the game for the Giants, at least in securing the tie. They have a huge sack here. I mean, huge, because I think with Joey Sly, you probably attempt a field goal here. I'm sorry, you probably attempt an easier field goal. They end up missing the field goal here but I think it's probably an easier field goal attempt if he doesn't take the, it's obviously an easy field goal attempt, but I'm saying it's probably one he can make. I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the sack puts him into an even tougher spot. And by that point, it's a missed field goal. Um, and so you get a really nice look here from the giants. If you want to break this one down. Yeah. Giants are in a two man under, and there was a whip route that Zion Gilbert was toasted on, but Tyler Heineke can never get his eyes on it because Dexter Lawrence is just an absolute maniac splits a double team. Once again, Helmet gets knocked off because Kayvon Thibodeau gets hands to the face, wasn't called, but also the tackle. If you're watching, you can see how there's definite hands to the face on Kayvon Thibodeau as well. So, you know, don't call either of them. I'm fine with that, especially after the end result of this play of Dexter Lawrence just getting after Taylor Heineke. Also, Azizo Jolari on the opposite side. Watch the pass set from this tackle. This tackle, he he's going after a wide nine defender in Azizo Jolari, but he kind of tries to jump set him. Like he takes his initial pass set, if you watch his initial step, like he's vertical setting, and then for whatever reason, he just abandoned it. Maybe he's just trying to tempo his pass set. He's not going to do a vertical set, and he knows the speed of Ojolari, so he just transitions right to a jump set, and he attacks, and he gets both hands on Ojolari, meeting Ojolari up the pass rushing arc. Ojolari, instead of trying to use his speed and explosiveness and bend to win around the edge high side, which he does so often, now with this tackle who positioned himself as he did, he tries to go inside, and he gets good pressure here, and there's definitely a hold, and this tackle just kind of tosses these Ojolari inside, and that also might have 
helped with this sack, but Dexter Lawrence also seems like he had it at that time. I just found this pass rushing rep pretty fascinating because this tackle, I think, is a little bit threatened by the speed of Ojolari. You got the missed field goal there, and now we start the next drive, which is a three and out. Great drive by the Giants. Uh, you start with a little dagger concept they come back to from earlier in the game, um, and it's just an overthrown ball by Heineke and a hold called on Charles Leno. So good, good all around for the Giants defense here. Yeah, and you have the Washington Commanders backed up on their own goal line as well. Looks like the Giants are in, what is that? It looks like it could be some kind of cover six type of defense. But either way, good and complete pass for the Giants. Sets up a second and 15, little slant flat the, the football team tries here, and it's played really well by McLeod, and the Giants are able to stop it for just a two-yard gain. Yeah, McLeod, this is an excellent play by McLeod. Look how he's using his vision to look through the route concept. See Taylor Heineke. He knows the flat route is coming. He's trying to cut that, but he also has this slant route breaking in front of his face. So he just reacts to Heineke and makes this a very difficult decision for the quarterback. Good, very good play by McLeod. Great play by McLeod. Sets up a third and 13 situation. They try a little seam bender here with Curtis Samuel. This is an aggressive throw, an aggressive route combination, an aggressive attempt. Um, and obviously, as you know, sometimes this is why a lot of quarterbacks don't try plays like this. It can be intercepted. If you're throwing up the seam, you have a safety, and that safety can, especially from this like too high look the Giants have, he can pick a ball, and Love almost makes the interception here, which would have really changed the game. It would have really changed the game, and the Giants are in too high again. And whenever they've gone into too high, two-man under, they typically cloud coverage bracket Terry McLaurin. That's exactly what they do at the bot or at the top of the screen. You can see Fabian Moreau just being in trail with the safety. Jason Pinnock over the top. Love almost gets that interception just overthrown. Telling you Heineke is not great on these touch balls over the middle of the field. Yeah, he can't bring the ball down on those inbreakers at all, like the dig routes and things of that, and like a seam right there. Um, this is a big problem for him in his game moving forward. Obviously, this is something Jones does a really good job of, I think, compared to a lot of quarterbacks. He brings that ball down and he drives it well. Um, Heineke here, you can see, doesn't do that, almost intercepted. Instead, it's a punt. And then here comes right after the the you know the drive that changes this whole game that gives them a chance to convert a fourth and four. It's a 90-yard drive, an eight-play 90-yard drive for Washington. It starts off great. Giants get him into fourth and four. I'm still so surprised they went for this thing, man. Like at that stage of the game, I think it was like 343 left in the fourth. I feel like with all your timeouts, like I would have expected the team to punt it. And I think the Giants would have won if they punted it. But, you know, they took a huge gamble. Washington Giants played it really well as we're about to see. And just sometimes things don't go your way. And they converted the fourth and four. But it sets up here. little slant to McLaurin. This is another reason why, just on a side note, Wink Martindale loves to run dime and quarters type of coverages because it looks like this is a too high defense. But then what happens right before the snap, the safety rotates to the weak side and he blitzes and they take Zion Gilbert, who is over the number three to the three by one side. They rotate him and they go into a quarters coverage. So when you have versatile pieces, you can drop into coverage. You can do these late rotations that can throw off opposing quarterbacks. Yep. And after that, we're going to see them set up for a first and 10 starting to get a little quick game going six yard stick route to Curtis Samuel. Yep. Six yard stick route right to Curtis Samuel. Just getting the ball moving at this point. No one's reacting to this three by one set. You have the spot route, to Curtis Samuel. And unfortunately, Jalen Smith reacts to the flat route. And I'm sure that might be his assignment, but you can see Zion Gilbert, who's trying to pass off Curtis Samuel to somebody, maybe right. Julian Love, but look at the di distance between Julian Love and Curtis Samuels. This is just an easy 
winning type of situation for Washington. And I'll reiterate again, this is what I want to start to see from Mike Kafka. Get these situations going for Daniel Jones. Lighter personnel, more spread, put more linebackers in conflict in the quick game, and look at what can happen. You're not asking much from the quarterback. It's catch the ball and deliver the ball on time, accurately, with some velocity. And he can do that better than we're watching Heineke do, and yet Heineke picked up a ton of free yards in this game running quick game. So I don't know, man. I just want to see more of it at this point. I've, 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 I've gotten to that point. But second and four here, they try a little deep shot here. Um, what is like a three-level read for Heineke is an aggressive throw down the field. Really good coverage by the Giants. Some This might be the best coverage play the entire game, I thought. And this was McLeod, the guy who you mentioned earlier, who's been much better than you expected. McLeod is in the hip pocket of Jahan Dotson. And honestly, you could probably say that this is OPI at this point. I, I, I'm glad they didn't call it. You know, I don't think it's egregious, but McLeod is in much better position to make a play on this football than Jahan Dotson. Is. It should have been OPI. Honestly, they call the rule like they're supposed to. It's OPI. They just don't call OPIs often. That's the problem. No, they don't. And Nick McLeod just does such a good job undercutting that seven route. That's you can see how play by any giant this game by far. He's, I'm telling you, man, he's a pretty solid player. He is. And so we get to a third and four. And the Giants come with a blitz. They have a five-man blitz here. Ojolari comes free, and they get and they get and then they get there. Not and for look, a sack, but for an incompletion. And we can see what the Giants are doing right before the snap. You can see that the motions come, the play clock's coming down. Zion Gilbert bails to a deep half look. Or yeah, that's Zion Gilbert. And then the Giants drop O'Shane Zimenez and Kayvon Thibodeau off the line of scrimmage to the field side to take on any crossing route. You can see how Kayvon Thibodeau, he's looking to wall off Jahan Dotson. And he makes contact with Jahan Dotson trying to wall him off. And that's where Taylor Heineke is attempting to go with the football. O'Shane Zimenez sinks underneath the number two receiver. Now you have two guys high and everybody's accounted for, except for Antonio Gibson. But there's no one to really even, there's there's so much to worry about if you're Taylor Heineke, if you're Washington, because you have two guys who are unblocked coming off of the screen right here. This is, this is the Wink Martindale stuff that we love, right? This is the Wink Martindale stuff that we talk about because all game, Washington was sliding protection towards O'Shane Zimenez and Kayvon Thibodeau. Giants knew that. So when Washington came out and aligned a tight end close to Aziz Ojolari on the opposite side, they were going to blitz that safety. They were going to blitz that defensive back because protection typically has slid the opposite way. Now, you can see how Tony Jefferson goes in the A-gap. Nick McLeod goes right through the B-gap. Dexter Lawrence occupies basically three blockers, and then nobody even takes Aziz Ojolari and Jason Pinnock. 78 doesn't even kick out over there for whatever reason. That seems to be a huge mistake on his part. Big hit on Taylor Heineke. Incomplete pass. Should have been off the field, but Riverboat Ron will Riverboat. Yeah, this is a wild call again. Like, Look at just where they're at on the field when they go for this fourth and four here. Um, and so fourth and four, you'll just see, I mean, this is so close to being a win for the Giants defense. It's a win for what they want to do on offense, Washington, but it's a it's a off, you know, what's it called? A off script play by Taylor Heineke rolling to his left and just makes an absolutely insane throw. Like off, yeah. off. this is a wild throw. Yeah, let's watch the throw. Aziz Ojolari, he gets duped a little bit there by oh, that's such a good pass. He gets duped a little bit by this he pump. He hits fake. the outside shoulder. That's the craziest part. Like, does he even get the ball there? It's crazy. But then it goes to the freaking outside shoulder. Yeah, it's, it's a wild play. Make that throw. He's not a good quarterback. It's just wild that he comes up with these plays out of nowhere. Yeah, hi, uh, looking at Aziz Ojolari, Ojolari tries to go inside, and then he spins back outside, as we see here. And then that pump, they kind of disallows him from Great containing. Yep. Yeah, it, he can't contain now. So Heineke can roll out 
with he still he's under pressure, but the fact that he's able to make that throw across his body that far down the field, great route adjustment by Curtis Samuel as well as we're going to see on this play. Curtis Samuel just ends up leaving his defender. I think it's Cordell Flott in the dust, and that's not the way the play was supposed to be. In this three by one set, Antonio Gibson ends up motioning. But you can see right there, Curtis Samuel, he ends up running like an over route. It's great coverage by Cordell Flott, sink underneath it with the safety bearing down. But as the safety bears down, Curtis Samuel just breaks back outside towards the numbers. And Flott is not in position to, to make any kind of play on the football. No one is. It's just a really good adjustment. Yeah, and it's tough on a broken play with the coverage there. Just an excellent play. Got to give him credit when it's due. Sets up a first and 10. They try to come back to the screen. Uh, Zion Gilbert reads this really well, and it's no gain. Yeah, Zion Gilbert does a really good job coming down and sticking Jahan Dotson. It's a first-round pick against a UDFA, but a very nice play by Gilbert. And so once again, on second and long, they've hit a lot of big plays on second and longs, which is something that's interesting to me, at least. You have just a two-man under coverage, pretty simple stuff here. But they run scissors concept, which is, again, I talked about earlier, like the Yankee. I like scissors a lot, too. This is a good concept, uh, I think, to free up a receiver. And that's exactly what it does here for a big 25-yard gain to Curtis Samuel. Zion Gilbert, he has inside leverage, safety help over the top. You can see how well Curtis Samuel sells this stick. He basically stacks Zion Gilbert and then stems hard to the outside before breaking. It's a great route. It's a great route by Curtis Samuel. And you have the post route to just occupy the safety. And I feel like Julian Love does a good job kind of recognizing it. He gets drawn a little bit towards the inside, but that's because of Curtis Samuel more so than even the deep post route. And it's just a really well-designed play by Scott Turner and just well-executed by Curtis Samuel and Heineke. Huge, huge play. Set up a first down here. And this is another one that the Giants want to have back here. Obviously, it's just a drag route underneath. And you could just see how badly Zion Gilbert gets cooked. It's a tough back-to-back -back plays for Zion Gilbert here. This is Jahan Dotson, a player who Nick loved. I remember you loved Nick in the draft. I liked him a lot. I felt like he was more of a borderline one-two. Um, he ends up going early in round one and or middle of round one. And so far, I'm sure the Washington's happy about that. This is a filthy route he runs, in my opinion. I just love the tempoing of the route and then how much acceleration he has when he explodes into his break. And then the cloud just looks like an idiot trying to make a shoulder. You got to wrap up in these situations. You have to wrap up, yeah. Just what a well, like go for the feet, like go for the legs. Like, what are you doing there? <laughs> Honestly, you if, you're, high? if you're Jahan Dotson in this situation and you pull off that type of move, you know you're just like, bro, I am awesome. Like that's got to be what's going through your head at that point. And look at the route and the release. The route's from, so sweet from Jahan Dotson. He he tempos it like right. He he explodes inside, and then he stops, and then he just accelerates. And look how he just leaves Zion Gilbert in the dust. Like there's so much separation there. Gilbert can't even make a clean tackle attempt. He makes contact, but hardly. And it's just a nice catch and run by the rookie. Sick play by Dotson there. So touchdown. For Washington, now we've got ourselves a ball game. Giants blew their lead. They had a big lead, or not a big lead, but they had a lead. They blew their lead. And the 10th drive for the Washington uh, Commanders will be a six-play, 26-yard drive. That's a punt. It's their last drive before overtime. And it starts off here with a seven-yard run for Antonio Gibson, where you can kind of see a Shane Ximenez lose contain here and that's kind of you you want these edge guys to can to set the edge and keep contained but this is a kind of a mistake on O'Shane's part I thought yeah absolutely you see the quarter personnel package McLeod is in the box Tony Jefferson is in the box Jason Pinnock is roaming around Zion Gilbert's in that area but then Nick McLeod must have really took exception to the fact that he sucked on that last play because he gets outside and makes a good physical tackle on Antonio Gibson wish he brought him down maybe a little bit sooner 
but you can see how they align in that similar formation, tight end to the boundary with those two reduced receivers. They're just going to block down, create a lot of traffic and hopefully disallow that edge from containing at all. Second and three situation. This was almost a huge play for the giants, almost an interception by Zion Gilbert. It was a great read by him. Um, really again, risky throw from a risky th uh, quarterback. Heineke he throws a lot of balls in harm's way. It's kind of just who he is and nearly intercepted. Instead, it's a, it's a, it's a first down for them. So it's a seven yard game. Seeing it from the sideline angle, Zion Gilbert does such a good job coming off of the number two and Tony Jefferson, he's going to bail off the line of scrimmage and try to take the number two. And then their giants are just going to play off leverage. This is kind of like a trap, right? You're off leverage. You know, Washington wants to eat into that off leverage and just work the football down the field. So you have Fabian Moreau off Zion Gilbert's going to work from the number two to the number one and try to undercut this. And I feel like if he was a split second faster, realizing that Heineke was just throwing the football right away, this is going to be a pick six. And he just misses that and just good catch by Terry McLaurin. But I, I do think that was the objective of this play from Wink Martindale was to force Heineke to make this throw. Everything worked out except Gilbert couldn't come down with the interception. Yep. Sets up a first and 10 for Washington against a cover three look. Nice, easy check down over the middle to Gibson. A lot of space and 12 yard gain. Yeah. Giants come out. You can see how it looks like they might be in quarters. They rotate the safety down. And everybody drops to a depth, easy, easy pitch and catch, easy yardage easy for Washington. First and 10, you got a blitz from the Giants, blitz call. Um, and then you got an overthrow from Heineke looking for Taylor, uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, in this play, Fabian Moreau is in good position to make a play on this football. It's a good outside release. McLaurin stops his route, but the throw is just overthrown. This look, we want Daniel Jones to make more throws from the far hash, right? Just expound the right in the the throwing radius and threaten the defense. Taylor Heineke, this is a far hash throw. Daniel Jones has a much better arm than Taylor Heineke. That's not even up for debate. But the, the Giants on this play, man, they, they really force an accelerated throw. You can see how Heineke just locks onto McLaurin. Like, hey, that's my guy. He's a one-on-one -on -one matchup. I don't care how far it is. I'm going to throw the football and I trust right. him. It just wasn't placed well. And you could just see how the Giants just send everyone up at the line of scrimmage. And Jason Pinnock narrowly misses getting his hand on Heineke right there. Then in a second and 10 situation, it's kind of a misread, I thought, by Heineke because you have a nice route by Samuel. He runs like something we've seen a lot from Giants receivers. It's the whip route. It's a pivot, whip, whatever you want to call it. But Heineke tries to hit like a seven route with McLaurin, and it's just it's not there. Like, I don't even know why he really threw this football. He's, he throws a lot more tight window throws than, you, than you'd think for a quarterback who's not, you know, not very accomplished in the NFL, but he just doesn't care. Like, he's trying to hit this corner out. There's not there's not even really a window. Like, some of the corners you want to throw, but this one, there's not a huge window. Um, and then, obviously, the play is made by the Giants defense. It's reading the, the pre-snap leverage. If you look at... Fabian yeah, Moreau, leverage, right? You have, you have McLaurin as the number three, right? So you know he has a lot of space to break into the flag route. It's going to be outside the numbers. And once it's confirmed by Taylor Heineke that Moreau has severe inside leverage and he sees that safety dropping to a depth, he thinks he could fit this football in. And it's actually, it's not a great throw by Heineke, but it's not like a true seven route. You can see how he kind of puts it at a true. more shallow angle, but it's just a really good play by Jason Pinnock to, to just break himself down and just drive right to the point. Like there's no wasted steps there from Pinnock. That is an excellent angle to meet Terry McLaurin at the catch point and force this incomplete pass. Good play by, by Jason Pinnock. Yeah. And imagine if he went to Samuel, that would have been, a, that would have been an easy one. Uh, it's a good thing. He didn't. So <laughs> yeah. third and 10 Gilbert's get hosted, man. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not his forte. Um, third and 10 blitz by the giants, as you would expect on a lot of third and tens, nice pressure here. 
and another forced incompletion. Yeah, good play by Fabian Moreau, who had a very rough game in this one. But Moreau does a good job staying on top of Cam Sims and then just getting that inside hand into the catch point while maintaining point of contact with his outside hand. Almost comes away with the interception. And if he did, the Giants probably would have won this football game. Yeah, because they would have only needed a little bit of space to get into Gano range. Just a lot of what ifs in this game for the Giants. Very unfortunate. So many, man. Nah, not great. The 11th drive here we're about to get to is a five play 24 yard drive. The first possession that Washington had in overtime. And it starts with just something we've seen a lot of here. It's motion zone read. And it's a two yard run for Brian Robinson. Two yard run. What's that about? Giants defense try to clamp down here in overtime. We'll see it just in a second. Computer gets slow. Good play by Justin Ellis and Dexter Lawrence. Set up a second and eight. And this time they get him. They catch the Giants off guard here by running a little uh, trap, it looks like, on Ellis. And Ellis, we've seen at times get, you know, fall on the ground. And that kind of has hurt the Giants a lot. Or it looks like actually that was Dexter Lawrence who went to the ground there. But 21 yards. No, it's, it's Ellis. Ellis, see, it's a trap play where 71 and 78, 78 just kind of like throws. Actually, no, it's, it's Dexter Lawrence. You're right throws Dexter Lawrence to the ground. And then you can see how they're pulling that backside guard to kick out, but there's no one to kick out. So it's a nice trap run. Something I really wish the giants did more, but now look how many guys you have climbing up to the second level against these smaller defenders, right? You have three lead blockers. That's why I, I want the giants to incorporate more trap type runs. I'm sure the giants are going to see it against the Eagles. Cause they love oh, to yeah. run stuff like that. That's they a do. really, really big game by Curtis 21 yards. Luckily the giants end up putting the clamps down right now. Yeah, first and 10, another full house backfield like we saw earlier, three-yard run on the counter. Good play by Jalen Smith to get outside, recognize what exactly is going on. They've already seen this because Kayvon Thibodeau gets pinned, and Jalen Smith does a really good job bailing him out, replacing him, and then Kayvon Thibodeau is able to shed and and help Jalen Smith with the tackle. Yep. Okay, after that, it's a second and seven. They try to run stretch zone, go back to the run game, and Kayvon Thibodeau makes one of the best plays he made all game. Uh, in, in my opinion, at least, and it turns this play into a three-yard loss. Yep, Kayvon Thibodeau, man. This is the type of stuff he does. Logan Thomas tries to block to his outside. Kayvon Thibodeau just sheds him, goes inside, and then easily hits Brian Robinson, which slows him up, and then O'Shane Zimenez and the blitzing Zion Gilbert rally for the tackle, along with, I believe, Nick McLeod. Yep, that's right. And then sets up a third and 10. Giants get off the field here. They try to run a screen. They ran a lot of third and long screens. Washington, this one's played really well by another rookie, and that's Cordell Flott. Yeah, that's an excellent play by Flott. We'll see it a little bit better on the sideline angle. Look, Giants, they've given up some yards. They capitulated a little bit in some of these situations, these screen situations, but just getting your hands enough on this receiver is big time. Just beating Jahan Dotson to the point of uh, blocking, which is... Excellent, because if that ended up going for a long game, that would have been devastating. Yes, it would have been. And so then they punt. They get off the field. The Giants then go on their little drive that we saw, um, and they decide to punt the Giants do from their own fourth and three situation. Um, So there's one final drive here for Washington. Uh, It starts with an unblocked sack for Kayvon Thibodeau. nearly a safety and nearly a forced fumble sack. Both would have won the game for the Giants, but it would be cool if the Giants won the game on a safety. That never, I've never seen that happen in overtime, like a game-winning safety. Um, but it was he was he was uh, lined, he was just ahead of the goal line for no safety. It would have been insane. Like it would have been everywhere. Everyone would have been talking about this if that happened. But yeah, unblocked. I don't know how you don't. He held onto the ball there. I know, I know. Especially because he's burping the baby at this point. He burps right. it. He's like, 
burp, and then he goes back to throw. And it looks like he's throwing that slant, and you can see it's a slant flat with another like uh, another slant right underneath, so double slant flat. He just gets absolutely annihilated by Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh, man, that's just another opportunity, man. Like, great play by Thibodeau, but if they got a fumble or even like another yard of Heineke in the end zone, it would have been a win for the Giants. Yeah, and then there's the the play with Brian Robinson. It was a fumble, and then it ends with a five-yarder um, on third and 10. So let's let's uh, roll these plays, and then we'll talk about some superlatives, Nick. So let's start with the unheralded player on film for you. Nick McLeod, I think, is the unheralded player on film for me personally. I think he played well in this game, and he's starting to earn snaps, and it's not just due to injury. I feel like he's actually a pretty solid addition for the Giants. Technique-wise, he's, he's in position. He's in phase. He has all the athletic ability you need. He's scrappy. He can tackle, even though he missed that one tackle. So I, I like what I've seen from Nick McLeod, and I think he should be the unheralded player. I would agree. Nick McLeod deserves it. I can't think of anyone else who would really compete with him in this game film, at least. I'm trying to just think in my head, and I there's no one else really close. I would say maybe you could say Julian Love, but he he gets it a lot. How about the highest effort player on film? Highest effort player that can go to a lot of people. I think it's going to go with Julian Love, though. I think the one play by Dexter Lawrence almost warrants it in and of itself. Yeah, the screenplay, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go with Julian Love. The kid is just everywhere, and he's doing so many different things for this defense because the team captain Xavier McKinney broke his hand in Cabo. Right. I think it's, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to just pick different people just to pick it. We have to pick the right people here. So it is Julian Love. Like, you could maybe go Lawrence. You could maybe even go Thibodeau, I think, in this game. Yeah. But I'll go with Love. Um, How about the best player on film for you? Best player on film? I would go with Aziz Ojolari, but his his run support issues, I think, yep. they, continue, they, they were pretty big in this game. So... I think I can go with Julian Love, but I'm going to go with Dexter Lawrence. And I know it gets boring because we keep going with Dexter Lawrence, but he's just, he's such a force in the interior part of the defense. And he's still pressuring and getting important sacks. If he doesn't get that sack, the Giants lose this football game, I know. which would have been even more devastating. It already feels incredibly devastating that they lost or that they tied. Yeah. See, I already think it's a tie or a loss. So yeah, I'm going to go with Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, I look, I was thinking Ojolari, but the run defense and he just didn't play that many snaps. I was thinking of giving it to Leonard if he stayed on the field. He was having a really good game before he got hurt, but he got hurt. So it has to, we just have to call this like it is. It is Dexter Lawrence. He was the best player on film. Again, when you watch the tape, he was the best player and it wasn't really even that particularly close, honestly. So he'll get that again. Um, and let's wrap this thing up with a pass rushing grade one through 10 and then a run defense grade. Let's start with a pass rush grade. Pass rushing grade. Let's, I mean, getting Azizo Jolari back is phenomenal, right? There's I'm going to go with a, in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 8.4, I think, is I a like good it. pass rushing grade. And Taylor Heineke, credit to him. He gets the football out of his yes. hands pretty freaking quickly, man. Heineke gets the football quickly. Heineke does a really good job of kind of like manipulating the pocket, ducking and using his shoulders to get away yeah. from sacks. But that doesn't affect the pressure grade, the pass rush no. grades. So I'm going to go 8.6 here. Another one of our highest grades, if not our highest grade ever for the pass rush. Pass rush is coming alive. It's big. How about the run defense? This one. Yeah. yeah, it's weird, right? The run defensive grade. It's not like Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson just was like shelling out these huge runs. He had so the one really five long yarders, run. though. So many five yarders. Exactly. That's not good. Like a five yard gain is a huge win for an offense. No, I mean the offense would never pass if they consistently got yeah, five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so let's go with a uh, three point one. I think yeah. maybe maybe even lower, but it, it wasn't it wasn't great, and I, I think. Could have been worse because there was so much counter in this game and five yards. That's that sucks. You're right. But 
we've seen worse this season. Those five yards turned into 10 yards, 13 yards, mm-hmm. 15 yards, 20 yards, and it would have been a lot more devastating than what it was. I'll go 2-1. I just look, there were so few wins in the run game. The only time I felt like they got a win was after Washington like ran it three straight times. And it's like, all right, you just ran it three times. Like, we're gonna get a stop eventually. But like there were so many failures in the run game. And I think part of it is look, these linebackers suck. We know that. They don't really have like I like what Love does, but it's not the same as when I used to watch Jerome Peppers or Landon Collins Phil. It was a different level. But Part of the issue now is like they have a great interior defensive line in the run game and Thibodeau's a really good run defender, but whoever they've tried to put on the other side, whether that be Ojolari or Shane, they're not great in run defense. And that now adds another liability to your run defense. So I don't really think it's going to get too much better unless they face a team that runs like a lot of like zone um, all game. And so we'll see if that ends up happening at any point. What but, if we just took Jihad Ward's run defending and then yeah. put it with Aziz Ojolari's ability to rush? Well, the then back? we'd have one of the best players in the NFL, Nick. <laughs> so then we don't have that, but then we would. So it would be great. Um, and you just get the size too and the speed. You just get everything. Uh, no, yeah, it'd be nice. But that's Miles what we have. Garrett, that's what we get. <laughs> yeah, Miles Garrett. That's who that is, by the way. It's crazy. Um, that's all I have for today. The Big Blue Panther Podcast. Keep it locked and loaded. Have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply